Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific markets are trading higher this morning on the back of solid performance on Wall Street overnight. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, Ryan Huang. How's Valentine's Day shaping up, Ryan? Michelle, every day is Valentine's Day. (laughs) Ah, the ever-romantic Ryan Huang. All right, it is Valentine's Day and Deputy Prime Minister and Minister for Finance Lawrence Wong is set to deliver the annual budget address in Parliament this afternoon at 3.30pm. So, I was going to ask you if we should expect a Valentine's Day gift from the government, but then I read that Minister Wong is already promising to give us one. Oh, fantastic. Back in January, you remember he pledged Mm-hmm. that the 2023 budget will be his Valentine's Day present to us all. Fantastic. So what gifts are you going to be looking out for, Ryan, yeah, when sure. the DPM takes to the mic? There'll be plenty out there, hoping there'll be some goodies to, I guess, offset the spending we've been doing in the lead-up to Valentine's Day. So I think that's what you can expect because in the backdrop is a lot of worries about the cost of living. We've got high inflation, slowing growth, and I think this is where we can perhaps expect short-term support to come through uh, with measures to help with the coping with the cost of living. So maybe the assurance package that has been rolled up may be upsized to some extent and that will help towards especially the vulnerable and lower income group. Uh, Also, one thing on the agenda, especially after coming out of COVID-19, is promoting parenthood, having more babies in Singapore improving the fertility rate. And I think that's something that took a bit of a dent with COVID-19. That was put on back burner to some extent. So I think improving that is an important long-term fundamental growth driver for Singapore as well when it comes to having more workers and more taxes down the road. So that's something they need to look at more closely to help build up Singapore's um, base. Uh, Also, one interesting area I'm looking out for is whether there will be a form of unemployment support in the, t- in, in the form of income handouts for the retrenched. But it's going to be interesting mm. to see how they calibrate this because uh, Lawrence Wong has already said that he doesn't want it to be a pure handout like what we see in some countries, but to have enough incentive for them to stay employed or to work towards an employment situation. So I am closely watching these areas. Well, I wanted to make some prawn pasta and I just looked to get prawns delivered uh, to, to my place and it would have cost me something like $70 for 70. one kilogram. Oof. So I had no prawns on the table today. Um, so helping families cope with rising prices, definitely top of my list, top of most people's list. Uh, economists at UOB predict that the government will announce another $500 million to $1 billion in assistance, though the bulk of this is expected to be directed to the most vulnerable family. So you mentioned a host of things there, Ryan, including um, insurance um, or income replacement, perhaps, for the retrench. What else will you be watching out for in this year's budget? Yeah, when it comes to budget, it's typically a case of carrots and sticks. How many carrots we get in terms of goodies and how many sticks we get in terms of penalizing or taxing us to work work towards the right behavior. And coming off COVID-19, I think we have to also be mindful that we spent a lot on measures to help us get by these tough times. So we need to replenish the coffers to some extent. And this is where we can expect some perhaps taxes in the form of perhaps green taxes as well as wealth taxes could be on the table. Um, but then again, this is something 
um, that we have to also bear in mind that we are heading into a slowing pace of growth in the coming year. So how much do you tax and also um, how much do you give out and to which areas? So it's going to be a case of priorities. Do we look at short term and how much do we look at long term? Because that is where the sustainability push comes in. Do we want to put as much as we want to as in past years into the green agenda or is this something Mm -hmm. we want to put on a back burner until we're on a stronger footing? Good point. The business community definitely has their ears open for any government schemes that could help the sector with post-pandemic transition and the tech sector. I spoke with uh, I spoke with a representative yesterday from this sector, and they're hoping the government will announce plans to further strengthen digital transformation and professionalize certain roles in the industry. Let's turn to corporate results right now, where REITs are in focus. We have three Asian real estate investment trusts that are opening their books. Paragon REIT, which until recently was known as SPH REIT. It owns several retail properties, including the retail, uh, the Rail Mall, that's what it's called, Clementine Mall and Paragon. So first REIT, which focuses on healthcare properties, also coming into focus, as is Hong Kong's Link REIT. So of the three companies, Ryan, which one do you think appears to be performing the best? Okay, if I had to choose, I would go with um, Paragon REIT because... It is looking at an improvement of sorts when you look at some of the metrics. And I'm looking at gross revenue coming in 1.8% higher. And this is for the 16 months for its FY 2022. And you've got an improving picture for net property income rising 3.3%. And the mm-hmm. portfolio occupancy rate is at 98.5%. And this is relatively better than what I've seen in first read where uh, it's a picture of a bit more flat when it comes to where we are for the six months ended December. Uh, so I think relatively it is going to be Paragon Read coming out on top. And just a quote, it's a 16-month FY because they are adjusting their financial year end from August 31st to December right. 31st. So a bit of recalibration mm. there, uh, a bit of, um, I guess, historical baggage coming through from when it was part of SPH. Mm, Paragon REIT attributes its solid performance to the easing of pandemic restrictions, which is leading to more travel tourism and leisure demand. Now, over in Hong Kong, shares of Link REIT suffered a double-digit fall yesterday. A Link REIT is Asia's biggest real estate investment trust with office buildings, logistics centers and car parks in China, the UK and Australia. So what was behind the sell-off in Link REIT shares? Yeah, Link Reed shares fell nearly 13%. And this seems to be off the back of the news coming through from a rights offering to the tune of 2.5 billion US dollars. So this perhaps is how investors are trying to figure out if it might dilute the unit price of Link REIT. Uh, so something that is weighing on the minds of investors. And th- this is going to be the rights issue, the proceeds used towards repaying debts and pursuing investment opportunities. So some knee-jerk response in uh, reaction to the announcement of a rights issue. 
Next up this morning, I want to turn to Singapore's integrated resorts. Now, if you recall about three years ago, back in April 2019, before the onset of COVID-19, Marina Bay Sands pledged to build a new 1,000-room hotel tower and a 15,000-seat arena, as well as an additional conference and uh, some exhibition facilities as well. Those plans were put on hold when the pandemic hit, and it appears that Groundbreaking for a fourth MBS tower is not set to commence anytime soon. What's the latest on this? Yeah, so if you look at what was announced before, they were supposed to start certain construction projects by April 2023. And we are just two months away and Las Vegas Sands now is saying they are not likely to timely commence these earlier announced construction projects. So it's in discussions with the Singapore government to look at a timeline extension of the commitments and right now discussions are underway so we will get more details when we get them so something that is likely to see the project delayed and we won't get a 1000 room hotel tower so soon as well as Mm. that arena i think a lot of people are looking forward to so lots of things um back on the uh, drawing block for now the delays at MBS contrasts with Resorts World Sentosa, which is expanding Universal Studios Singapore and the Sea Aquarium. Two new hotels are also planned. Gunting Singapore says this expansion is proceeding on track. We should have more details when Gunting releases its full year results next Monday. You're listening to Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Let's turn to US markets right now. Stocks rallied overnight ahead of a January inflation report that is due out this evening. The Nasdaq jumped 1.5%. The S&P 500 and the Dow both closed above 1% as well. So what was fueling all this buying, Ryan? Yeah, it does look like a good session overnight on Wall Street. And we have to bear in mind, we are coming off a rather... Well, bad week of sorts. So it's a bit of a bounce back for US markets and a couple of things helping to lift the mood. One of it was a consumer survey by the New York Federal Reserve showing that consumers, or at least those surveyed, uh, they are expecting one-year inflation expectations to be pretty much little changed. And this is apparently a bit of reassurance because in the past six months, we've seen some uh, moderation of sorts when it comes to inflation numbers. So going into tonight's numbers, where we will get a CPI print, that is going to be important in terms of where things may go and how things are trending. So it's a bit of a mm-hmm. promising curtain raiser of sorts for tonight's um, numbers. Yes, indeed. Analysts say tonight's CPI will show who's got it right. Is it the equity markets? Is it the debt markets? It's something we talked about yesterday in Money and Me, 10.05. You can always listen to that replay. Uh, it turns out that stocks and bonds are flashing divergent signals about the state of the U.S. economy and inflation. Can you unpack that for us a little, Ryan? Yeah, so if you look at how they've been performing, let's start with bonds first. So yields on the two-year treasuries have jumped by more than 30 basis points over the past two weeks. And that's because traders are growing a bit more cautious about what Feds have been saying. More hawkish, especially with how they've been not committed to cutting rates in the second half of the year, talking about how things need to be sustained in terms of the data trend. So that's the markets pricing it on the bonds front. Stocks, 
are not as worried, apparently. And if you look at how the S&P 500 has been climbing in that two-week period, it's up 1.5%. So it doesn't really gel because there is that conventional correlation when yields are going up, you typically see stocks go down. So that is not playing out. So in tonight's numbers, we'll see how that unravels if we get a hotter-than-expected CPI print. That typically would suggest that the Fed might be able to hike rates and might need to hike rates more. And then that could put more pressure on investors who may be thinking, hey, that the Fed is already done. So they might then have to unwind that position and start maybe selling some of that stocks and the earlier optimism. So that's something uh, we'll watch out for to see if that six-month trend of slowing inflation numbers will continue tonight. All right. It is time for Up or Down on the Clock. Ryan, let's start with Palantir. All right. Palantir is the data analytics company and I am looking at a up for Palantir. So mm-hmm. this is the first profitable year for Palantir. So it's a huge milestone and this is going to be good news when you look at how the tech industry has been under so much pressure. Definitely. And up for Palantir in my book as well. They've grossed more than 500 million US dollars in the last quarter of the year. That came in better than expected. Uh, As a result, yep, shares are up more than 16% in after-hours trade. Next up, we look at uh, the high-tech comms company, Twilio. Yeah, Trillio is going to be a down for me. So it's pretty much joining the bandwagon when it comes to job cuts. It's eliminating about 17% of roles at a company and closing some offices as it tries to refocus its efforts on profitability. Yeah, Twilio has announced a second round of layoffs, this time cutting another 17% of its workforce. So that is a down in my books. The Chinese tech company, uh, PDD, until last week it was known as Pinduoduo. Yeah, PDD is going to be an up for me because it's in the spotlight for being at a Super Bowl. It's Mm -hmm. splashed out on buying an ad at a Super Bowl and this is of course not cheap um, but it is also worth noting it's rarely seen a Chinese company buying an ad at a Super Bowl so this is for its US shopping app called Termu and it just reflects how much attention is paying to the US consumer and how it's trying to break into that market Indeed, trying to break into the U.S. e-commerce market. So apparently changing its name to sound less like a Chinese entity. And that ad that aired during yesterday's Super Bowl had the tagline, Shop Like a Billionaire. It's got to be tough for a Chinese company to break into the U.S. market given current tensions. But if you think about it, TikTok has done it and done it so well. So I'm going to give uh, PDD an up for its efforts. Let's bring the conversation home now with two local companies. Now, the first one is a baggage handler and in-flight catering business we all know as SATS. Okay, I am looking at SATS down. And this is with a 90% drop in its earnings for its third quarter FY 2023. Uh, So something that is coming off uh, the losses in the first two quarters of the year. And this is, um, well, something even though it's lower, it is improving incrementally so I would still overall say it's down until it gets out of that um, uh, hole so to speak 
So I'm a glass half full girl. I'll give Sats an up for moving in the right direction. It is back in the black. It has posted a profit for the first time in three quarters. It nets it half a million dollars in the last three months of the year. Not a lot for a company of the size of Sats, but it certainly beats the multi-million dollar losses that we saw it post last year. Our next entry today, our last entry today is Netlink, not Netflix. Netlink is the company that is responsible for the digging up of so many of our roads. Uh, they operate Singapore's broadband network. How's it looking in your, in your book? Well, it's looking good. It is seeing its nine-month profit rising 24.2% to $81.8 million. And revenue is up because of higher project revenue as well as pretty much its bread and butter, just building all these connections for buildings as well as on the roads so it looks like um, business is going good for netlink mbn trust yeah it netted 81 million dollars in the last nine months of the year that is up nearly 25 percent from a year earlier well before i let you go ryan i came across this and i thought i need to know how much would ryan pay for a license plate that has only one letter like a single r for ryan I don't have a spare change for such <laughs> trivial stuff. I would probably give a dollar. Uh, how about you, Michelle? One man's trivial is another man's jewel. Over in Hong Kong, a personalized plate with only the letter R on it has been sold at an auction and the buyer paid more than three million US dollars. That is a pretty expensive R. Yeah, what would I do if a license plate letter R? I don't need to... Flex, Ryan. That's what it's for. It's it's flexing for you. All right, in the meantime, it's Valentine's Day. Now, what is your budget like? Limitless for Mrs. Ryan Huang? Oh, every day is Valentine's Day, so that's what I'm going with. That's his line and he's not straying. In the United States, retailers are expecting Americans to spend 26 billion US dollars on Valentine's Day. And I broke it down for you guys. That's about 200 US dollars for every adult shopper. And what are they spending on? Not hard to guess. Some flowers, some candy and some cards. So there you have it. Uh, Sort of a budget for you to want to work out. Uh, About 200 US dollars. How does that sound? That sounds pretty good to me, actually. You're listening to Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.